Good afternoon, evening, everyone. Um, I forget what time of the day it is because it is at the end of the day, but thank you for joining us. Um, we are going to bring you a short and sweet episode today because it's timely. Kim and I have been talking a lot about how to say no, and no can be a, a, a statement all on its own. Um, and I guess some lessons from both work, personal perspective, and um, trying to share what we've learned in different um, jobs of why it's important to say no and also how to say no. Yeah. You want to kick us off, Kim? Yeah, sure. Why not? I think that for me, this is this is really hard. So I'm like a very conflict averse person. I do not like to say no. Um, I definitely I don't know if you Mila, have you ever done the strengths finder um, exercise? It's like it's called the Clifton strengths finder. And it I don't really remember how it works, but it's like essentially a personality quiz in, in, in like the simplest form. Um, and so you do all these questions and then it tells you your top five strengths. Mm -hmm. The first time I took it, one of my strengths, which I, I can't remember, it doesn't matter, I guess, which order, but it was in the top five was mm -hmm. harmonizer, which basically means that I don't like conflict and I like to like make sure everybody feels included and safe. And, um, you know, and it all kind of makes sense when you think about like my role as the oldest in my family and like, yeah. <laughs> um, you see my parents conflicts, like just kind of, you know, always wanting things to be good. Yeah. So anyway, all this to say, like, person like that doesn't like saying no. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> then you have to have hard conversations sometimes. What do you mean no? Um, and so for me, this one is definitely um, hard on both professional and personal level, right? I think I always want to give more of myself. It's just in my personality. And so, yeah, I think um, I think for me, it's it's as I've gotten older, I've had to work very intentionally to protect my time and space. Um, because as we both know, the older you get, I feel like the more responsibilities that are on our shoulders. And so being able to kind of step back and say, I can still be a good person and say no. Um, and that doesn't always that like, that's still hard for me. I, I like, I still don't like it, but I think I'm starting to recognize like for my own health, <laughs> and my wellness, I need to be able to do that. Um, so I guess one instance that I, that comes to mind is just even um, over the, over the course of multiple different types of careers, you know, I think, I think that there's this idea out there that especially as women of color, people of color generally, we always want to be setting, we have, we, our bar is higher, right? So we always want to be saying like, I can do this. I can do this. I'll sure. I'll take on more projects. I'll do this. I'll do that. Um, and I would say that's definitely was true for me in, in early years. And over time, I've had to be able to say, there's only so many hours in the day. There's only so much I can do. And so I even think back to my one of my last jobs working with students, um, helping them, you know, counsel them through college applications and things and even starting calls with like, I have 30 minutes and that's it. Um, mm -hmm. Because otherwise, like, um, you know, they would take so much time and I only had I had a huge caseload of students. And so it wouldn't it would not be equitable of me to spend three hours with you and then only have 20 minutes left to work with another student. So that, I think that was like one of the first instances where I had to really start thinking not, not, and that wasn't even to protect myself because I was working crazy hours, mm -hmm. but it was like a first time for me to actually set boundaries in that in a meaningful way. Um, And then now in like this new role that I'm in, uh, I think it's just been important to like protect, uh, my organization's really great. Like were they really good about protecting nights and weekends? Um, mm -hmm. But, you know, that's also personal. If you don't, if you don't protect them, 
And it's like, oh, don't I know that? Yeah. <laughs> yes, I know you know that. Especially <laughs> working, you're working in different time zones and everything. So yeah, I think that that's one where I've been, um, I, I feel really fortunate that I'm at a company that values that. And I also know that it could easily slip into the, the wrong thing if I'm not careful. Um, so at least professionally, that's kind of where I, what I'm coming at it from. Uh, what about you? How have you? I know it's. Hard, I think it's also hard for you to say no, right? Uh, oh yeah, I I sort I I struggle. I, I think that um, the past, like in my early 30s, I've learned to exercise really good personal boundaries, but I really struggle with professional ones, and I really think it comes down to this imposter syndrome. I feel, mm-hmm. especially because I have had a lot of career transitions, and um, I'll say like I did. It pretty terribly when I was um, a um, when I first got my job as an engineer years ago. I went into it thinking I'm going to show you that I was I'm like you know you're taking a, a risk on me because I don't have experience but you brought me on right. and so I worked a lot like I worked weekends I worked late nights and I was really proud of it like I carried that like as a badge of honor like look at me you know I'm so invested and they caught up to me because um, I would have like after certain features were delivered like I had to take a day off for mental health reasons because I was absolutely exhausted and I realized that over time it really depleted my excitement over work because it just felt so excessive and now I'm again in a new role I would I started at an entry-level role I'm a little more senior now but it's I've only been there officially um like a year so yeah I um have taken a moment to sit back and think okay if I see myself here long-term, I need to make sure that I not only exercise saying no for myself, which is good for my energy, because I tend to also like you be the um, harmonizer in my team. Mm-hmm. Um, and if the engineering team is happy, then, you know, like things are built in a much more thoughtful way. And if in all, all of that, however, I have learned that as a, as a product manager, you have so many competing priorities over your time, your focus, um, resource wise, you share, say a designer or sh- like any, any kind of like, um, skilled, um, person. So one of the things that I've been learning, and really it's it's been um, because of the people, the more senior people I work with that kind of model this for me, is to say no in favor of productivity, meaning that I could be running five different tracks, so maybe five different types of features or whatnot at once, but we are context switching a lot. Whereas if I choose two of the most impactful ones, we'll still do the other three. We just aren't going to do them at the same time. And it really leads us to be one more focused, but two, it helps us kind of stay in context long enough to have deeper conversations, have a really good foundation for what we need to do. And it's kind of my job now to manage the no, not just you know, with my team members, but with executives and other stakeholders, which wow. gets really hard and scary. But <laughs> yeah. I have to tell them, we it's not like we're not going to do it. It's just a matter of we can do anything. We can't do everything. And Absolutely. applying that. And that quality that you, you sacrifice if you try to do too much. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And I, I I did it the wrong way the first couple of months. And I quickly learned, oh, no, this context switching is absolutely draining to the team. It, it We have to coordinate so much more. And so I've been trying really hard to be very focused with the top two or three things we need to get done. And then just deprioritizing the rest. Um, but I think that saying no, I, I think it 
takes some practice. Like, I don't know if you've had experience, right? Like, cause it, it's very awkward to say like, no. So one of the things I try to do is I, um, I'm very clear first, like with myself and then the two other people, senior people I work with and say, here are the priorities that I think we should be hitting on this week. Once we are all in agreement and my team's got my back, then I check those with my manager on my one-on-one and say, hey, here's what I'm focused on. What do you think? Should I be shifting priorities based on what you know and what your expectations are? And that's kind of how you manage letting them know, here's the stuff I can do. And here's the stuff that's on my list, but it's been deprioritized. Do we want to prioritize differently? Yeah, no, I say no. <laughs> yeah, no, I think that that's exactly how I've been able to do it as well. Like really asking what is the priority right now? Mm-hmm. And I think like sometimes even saying, so my, my supervisor and I have this conversation a lot because um, as you know, I work at a nonprofit. We have literally like just a dozen people that are on the team. So it's very, very, we're very stretched. And so we are an, we are an education nonprofit in Delaware that works a lot with a lot of different um folks and so we can be asked of a a lot of things and we have to be able to set those priorities and so I I really do value even just that question that you've said like here's everything that I've been asked to do like what is the top priorities and what do I need to tell people I don't have time for right now but eventually I'll get to it or even having the hard conversation of like is this something that we even want to take on period yeah Um, and so I think that that that's really really been helpful um, and sometimes if, if a lot of times, actually, sometimes it feels like everything is a priority, but if everything's a priority, then nothing is. So yeah. it's really, really important for us to to do that. So I, and, and I, what I appreciate sometimes about my my supervisor is we can have the conversation of like, maybe we don't maybe it's not clear which one is the priority. So we need to kind yeah. of figure that out together. Um, but something else that you said that um, I, I think that we can unpack a little bit is this badge of honor of like working all night long. Oh my gosh. I was even, it reminded me of even college. How many all-nighters did you pull this semester? And it's like, it was not viewed as like a negative. It was not a negative. It was almost like, well, I pulled five and you pulled four. So like I'm working harder. And like, I, I was just thinking like, is that an American thing? Is it a Western culture thing? It's definitely not everywhere. And, um, it's very harmful. If that's like the mentality we had when we were 18, 19, 20, and we pull it through our, our whole life. Like, no wonder Americans are not living as long. <laughs> and we're stressed. We're dependent on um, antidepressants. We like have, like, I'll speak for myself. I heavily depend on coffee. I sometimes <laughs> yes. can't turn off my brain after work. So I have like a melatonin to go to sleep, um, different coping mechanisms. Wow. You know, um, I, I I don't know if you I can think of the moment where things shifted for you. So I'll say that I've always been very focused career wise and been searching for um, something that like really made me feel fulfilled, challenged, but also gave me a degree of control. Mm -hmm. And I feel like I found it. So when I went into it, I was like, I'm going to go all in because I own this product. And and I, I certainly do feel invested. However, Um, when I started this role, I had recently become a caretaker to my grandfather. Mm -hmm. And and then all of a sudden, there was this perspective from him who was a former uh, entrepreneur himself of, are you taking care of yourself? Like, are you taking breaks from looking at your screen the whole day? And he would say he like, he's 88 years old now, he can't see that well. And he would say, 
I worked very hard. And he would say, I too have, you know, used to be so proud of pulling all nighters with your grandma because we wanted to hustle and, and have something for, for our, um, our kids. But the truth is I would give anything to be able to have better eyesight now. And so having that constant reminder for me started to plant, um, I guess, like the seeds. And then where it really shifted was once I actually started, uh, I moved to Maryland and I was around my extended cousins, my my parents. I realized the things that make me both happy and also more productive are things that are free, like dinners with my mom, mm-hmm. time out with my cousins, hitting the gym. And I've realized that when I give myself those things, I show up to work and I, one, have really interesting ideas. And two, I just have more energy during that daytime. So it's like maybe I hate using the phrase work smarter, but maybe work more effectively and get more done in a short period of time if you're focused. Like, do you remember where the shift happened for you where you were kind of thinking maybe not badge of honor anymore? And maybe this is something I need to like look at again? Oh, yeah. I don't know if my dad will listen to this, but if he does, um, he'll be my dad. So I was working at the nonprofit, uh, as I mentioned, helping students apply to college. And I was like on my phone or my computer nonstop. And I was at I was at my dad's house. I don't remember now. I think I must have just been on my phone. And I was like, he was talking to me and I was like only half listening. And then Um, my husband actually was like, you're being really rude. And so that, um, that was a like, whoa, I never want to be like that. And then on top of that, my dad, um, either the same night or, or similar time period, uh, said to me, so you must be making a lot of overtime. And I'm like, what? (laughs) And then I'm like, I'm a salaried employee. And he, and he was like, the concept is very different because I don't think he's ever been a salaried employee. So he, I was like, what do you mean? And he's like, well, you work like like 12 hour days. So you must be making a lot of money. And I was, I, I was taking it back. So I like kept asking him, like, what do you mean? And he's like, you're always talking to students. You're always on the phone. You're always editing essays, blah, blah, blah. Um, so I hope the paycheck is worth it. <laughs> and, and, wow. and, and it was very, um, I mean, first of all, I don't, I didn't, I never did that work, nor the work I do now for the paycheck, but the point was made of you're putting in a lot of time and, and like, almost like questioning like why for him it's like I only work that much if I'm being compensated for it so so what's going on so again I don't do I don't do the work that I wouldn't be a nonprofit if I was doing it for the money but it really helped me to like think about how others were perceiving me and the privilege that I have to even be a salaried employee and try to protect my time and do time and do things a little bit differently because like you know, my, my, most of the people in my family have always been hourly employees, which is, you know, it's uh, not stable sometimes. And so anyway, those two instances, definitely, I was like, whoa, like, I don't want to be, yeah, I don't want to be ignoring people. And I also don't want to be like, oh, she never, she must be making so much money because she's working all hours of the day. (laughs) But then I think similar to you, um, I, I really shifted I realized that I really needed to shift even the type of work that I was doing when I had my son and just saying like, I need, I need to, I need him to know that he's my priority. And even though work, I need to work for, you know, life sustaining purposes, it's not like what I want to do for, for my life. So yeah, I think that all of those things, it's really came down to relationships and family and um, things that helped me to think about, wow, like, what's the point of working if you don't have any time, like kind of what you stated, like 
if I'm working constantly, what is the, what is the point? Um, I don't get to enjoy any of the the salary that I am making. Um, so yeah, I think that that um, definitely put things in perspective and I'll never forget my dad's comment because he was just like so confused. <laughs> I get the same thing from my dad because he too um, would say, well, like you work so many, like they see how much I, you know, I work that I sometimes don't take lunch because I have a lot of meetings. And um, he said that, you know, um, I come home and I, and I'm done with work and I, I do all these other things. And he looked at me and he goes like, is your brain okay? Like you don't ever turn it off. And what, what does that mean for you? Maybe not right now. You don't feel it because you're young, but in your forties and your fifties, just physically not moving your body or not like skipping a meal because you had like, where is the respect for yourself? Like, of like, why don't you love yourself to kind of put yourself first? And then you can give to others. The same thing they say to caretakers, like you know, put on your mask first and then your child. And it's like, if I'm not good, and I'm in a very stressful situation at work, which happens at least a couple of times a week, right. I might uh, react a certain way that's not very professional, or I might even make some decisions that are short-sighted. And I will give you one, I'll, I'll mention one last story, um, and then we can wrap it up. But I um, remember a few weeks ago, I was under the gun trying to get the <laughs> And so one of the engineers had asked this very long question and I was like, oh gosh, like we have to make a call. It's going to be really complicated. And I had said, map out all the potential decisions we need to make for this, like documented here. And it looked like a headache. And as a, as a former engineer, I was just looking at it being like, oh my gosh, so many situations, edge cases, all that stuff. And I forced myself to go on a walk and it had been a very like months since I'd taken a long walk during lunch, mm-hmm. came back after the walk. And actually during the walk, I was just kind of like listening to music, vibing, dancing. And then I had this thought and I was like, wait a minute, how many users does this one particular tiny thing that we're focusing on, does it like actually help? And it was like 1% of our users. And I'm like, wait a minute, it doesn't make sense for us to put in so much effort when it's going to impact so, so few. And so I went back and I had this idea and I was like, let's cut this and let's do it this way. I had the senior engineer approve it. My manager approved it. And we saved at least a week of developer time because I took a break for an hour and went on a walk. So it just blew my mind. And ever since then, I'm taking short breaks because I know long-term it's going to make the, the business more money. Absolutely. That's that's a really amazing story. And I think the other piece is like you mentioned this earlier as well, like health wise, it's just going to be like I go to the chiropractor. Um, well, now I go a lot because I'm pregnant. But when before that, I would go monthly and she she could tell you didn't take him enough breaks. She's wow. like, your body is so tense. Your muscles are, are whatever. And like everything's out of alignment. You've been sitting in your chair without getting up. And it, it really... I feel like it really said something to me that I like is the fact that I mean, it's her job, but she could tell and it was like, oh. okay, I need to prioritize this because if I don't, I mean, I'm going to be, you know, way too young and having way more problems than I should be. And, and I think that's one thing that I don't know that I really fully realized because um, most of my family has been working in jobs that are very labor intensive and, and hard on your body. And I've been lucky enough to be in office work and things like that. But that's also hard on your body. I don't think that I fully recognized, you know, there's, it's very important to have ergonomic things so that you're not hurting your neck and you're not hurting your arms and you're in all these things. But just physically sitting in a chair without getting up for too long is, I, I, I read some study once, it like shortens your life. Like it's really not good. 
And so just having the chiropractor point that out to me was also eye-opening. So I guess just another piece to say, like, again, I really believe that we don't, we, we don't, we don't work to live, right. We want to also be able to enjoy our lives. And so, especially those of us who are, I will acknowledge my privilege. Like I know that I don't have to work 80 hours a week to, to, to live well. And so I shouldn't. Right. Right. Yeah. So yeah, I think it's definitely a lot. And for all the young folks out there, I definitely say set your boundaries early. Um, We have a new, a new coworker of ours that, one of my pieces of advice to her was just like, don't say that you're going to turn it around tomorrow unless that's actually feasible. Like, it's okay to say, this might take me a week. Is that okay? If it's not okay, they'll let you know. And if it's, if it is okay, then there you go. No problem. But a lot of times we feel compelled to turn things around really quickly so that it will look good. And sure, it might look good, but does it feel good? And, and, and is it really needed? Do they really need that in 24 hours? Because if they do, they'll tell you. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that that's a lesson that I would want all of our young listeners <laughs> to think about. And I'm not, I'm not encouraging you to be lazy. I really want you to think about how much time do I reasonably need to do this well and take care of myself? And is there uh, is there a necessity for it to be done in a certain amount of time? So definitely a lot to think about. And we know it's not easy, but like like you said, practicing and, and doing it in different ways, right? You don't have to always, you know, it doesn't have to be a jarring response, but it can be, it can be respectful. Absolutely. And remember, you know, we're the, ultimately um, saying no can also impact your, you being more, more productive. And if you can just frame it that way, um, then you're more likely to get, um, you know, not only support, but also like model this for other people, because today, you know, it's us telling young folks to think about this, but soon enough, Kim, we're going to be managing people. And we also want to set the right example in the same way that the senior um, engineer has been setting an example in my team of what it means to have boundaries, to ask for focus. Um, it benefits everybody. And, and with that, we hope you practice at least once this week, <laughs> saying no very gracefully. But don't say no to our podcast and uh, <laughs> make sure you do us a solid and share this with a friend. I think that there's a lot of um, benefit for folks to kind of just think about these things. If you have any thoughts or comments, we'd love to hear. Um, when was the time that you were really proud of yourself for saying no? Um, I think that'd be interesting to hear back from from our community. So yeah, it was great to, great to talk to you, Madalise, and, and wonderful to, to be a part of this community. Likewise, Kim, and cheers to your dad because I know he's listening to us, right, Mr. Lopez? (laughs) Bye, everyone. Have a good one.